down three. Should the Bulls foul? No. Anthony for three. Hey guys, I'm Ani. I'm Shri. And this is Locked In. It's a podcast where we talk about sports or, or other things. I don't know. While we are locked in our house. Because of the quarantine. Uh, but like when that stops, it'll still be like a good name because like you can lock in in sports, you know? So, you know, it's the double entendre. Mm, and also because there's word. betting in sports. Big word. There's betting in sports. You can lock in that stuff. So it's like a triple entendre. So a good name for all situations. But yeah, I mean, as as Shree said, we are locked in um, because of the quarantine. We are bored. We are very good old friends. So we decided to talk about sports. That's what we do. I feel like every time we get together, we, the conversations always turn into something about sports. There's football, basketball, soccer, Olympics, whatever is going on. It just always happens. To we have talked way. about literally every single sport. I have broken Shree's finger. Uh, while watching sports <laughs> while playing football in your house man uh shouts out it was the, the ravens versus the 49ers yeah we we're trying to mimic <laughs> terrell sugg sack colin kaepernick and i, I tackled three and broke his finger uh, oh that is but we're honestly just going to talk about the news of sports whatever happens we're going to do some rankings just talk about whatever comes to our mind with regards to sports, you know? Yeah. Um, so just for yeah. a little we're um, for a little transparency, Ani is a Charger fan. I am a Raider fan, at least for football. And that I don't know who you support for basketball at all. Dude, I've been a Lakers fan for the longest time. No, y'all y'all coming out of hiding this season. Dude, come on. I've been a Lakers fan since we've been little kids. At least unlike you who claims you're a Warriors fan, I didn't have a password of Go Celtics when I was a little kid on my computer. Boy, okay. get out of here. You literally had that as your password. Dude, so don't when, claim that when you're your a Warriors team fan don't forever. make the playoffs, you need a team in the East to support. Because as a Warrior fan, finally admitting I couldn't it. support any other team in the West. And finally I had to pick somebody. So, and you're also an A's fan, right? Yes. And I'm, I'm a Giants fan, so... Um, it's a good yeah. rivalry there. Both suck. Uh, we both enjoy watching the Sharks. Yep. A rough season. Uh, I remember though. one time, we were, I forgot who we were playing, but it was the playoffs, and we couldn't find the remote in your house to turn on the game, and we were down by three, and we somehow Dude, came we back. Dude, we won, that, won game. that game. Was it the Avalanche? I think it was the Avalanche. It was like was playoff series against Avs? the Avalanche. Oh, I remember but like, that. It was, like, it was like because we couldn't find the remote, because they we couldn't won the watch, game. we somehow won. But, Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's oh, that's man, our man. story. We're just gonna talk and a then, bunch about sports. What what else teams do we support? I mean, that's basically it, I guess. The four major sports. Oh, mm. who's your favorite MLS team? Um, I don't watch MLS. Couldn't care for MLS. Like, good. Okay, fine. Who's your favorite soccer club? Like internationally, Chelsea. Okay. For sure. Pretty 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 trash franchise, but okay, cool. Get your get your broadcast out of here. Yeah, I, I'm a Real Madrid fan, but oh, you know. oh, one says they're a Real Madrid fan. Uh. yeah. Um, I also support the USA and all international. Yes, America, um, man. Yeah. Oh, c- college sports. You're Stanford. I guy, was, right? yeah, Just a big Stanford guy. Yeah, I'm a I'm a UT guy. I'm a Texas guy. Um, I I would say UC Davis, but. But they don't have anything? Yeah. Hey, you guys drafted a player. We made the tournament. Dude, we had Keelan Doss was on the Raiders. Yeah, I know. Good for you guys. Man, make us proud, Keelan. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to flex on you about UT, so I'm not going to. But I mean, yeah. you don't really have much to flex on. Dude, we are one of the greatest sports schools in the country. When's your last national title? 2005. Wait, for football. But for everything else, we've, we've won national we We won the tennis, men's tennis last year. See, I'm not. Um, I'm. I'm talking about football. Okay, all I'm saying is we've had four first round draft picks in the last four years in the NBA. So, you're welcome. Tell me how Jackson Hayes is doing. He's on the Pelicans, dude. He's doing pretty good. <laughs> Did you see that thing about him? <laughs> like when he didn't make oh, the I, Rising Stars game. <laughs> yeah, he was really mad. Oh man, that was hilarious. Yeah, that was pretty funny. But hey. That's that's my classmate, you know. We're classmates, so Shut up, former God. classmates. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, f- for this first episode, we were really lucky to get sponsored, so we wanna, you know, 
So a quick shout out to our sponsor, Mike Bloomberg for president. Go, Mr. Although he's not running Bloomberg. anymore. Although he's not running anymore, he was able to sponsor us with all the money he has. So, you know, thank you to him. We also uh, like, really to, we like to thank Governor Gavin Newsom for giving us the platform to do this podcast, telling us to stay the yes. hell at home. Yeah. Um, thank you, Gavin Newsom. We appreciate you trying to care about the public safety, but we also want to leave the house, but we're not going to because we are good citizens. And so. thank you, social distancing, for making sure we yeah. cannot record this in person. Yeah. So if the audio sounds terrible, it's because it is. <laughs> But we appreciate you for listening so far and hope you enjoyed the rest of the podcast. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so I guess the first thing we have to talk about today is, is Brady signing with the Bucks. This is a really big deal, really big news. What do you think about this? I mean, I think the, the Bucks are clear winners here because the only problem Brady really had in New England was like he had no weapons. Like he had AB for a game. All his receivers were, like, moving in and out of the lineup. He lost Gronk. He didn't have, like, a consistent pass-catching threat. And now he has Godwin and Evans third. I mean, arguably, that's the best wide receiver tandem in the league. Not true, but okay. I mean, they who are a very think good is the, Who do you think is the best wide receiver tandem in the league? Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Get out of here, you biased. They're actually... No, they're much more experienced. Dude, what... <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything about Mike Williams. I respect Keenan Allen. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna comment on Williams. Okay. My only issue with Brady signing with the Bucks is I get Bruce Arians is you know a quarterback guru, a genius offensive coordinator, great head coach. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they have the power at running back that Brady needs, because like I know like the New England Patriots are not known for having star running backs, but especially in the last four or five years, they've had a very consistent running backs. You know, think about James White. Even Rex Burkhead was amazingly consistent. So I just don't see how... I mean, they clearly Dude, missed they out had, on... They won... or the, I, I don't know if they won or almost won the Super Bowl. They had LeGarrette Blunt at running back. Yeah. Like, the Pats could slot anyone at that RB position. But and they that's still the Patriots. Fine. This is the Buccaneers. Like, the Buccaneers no, missed so out that's, on signing that's Melvin Gordon. They missed out on signing Todd Gurley. Who are they going to sign? I think the Bucks have a better overall offensive system than what New England has right now. I agree. But I don't think better is this. I think Tom Brady wants to win another Super Bowl. I think the Bucks want to win another Super Bowl. I don't think. I think he's. I think he's hungry. I think he's like he's forty three or forty two. But I I think he could play another easy five years. In what this do you system. classify as a win for the Bucks? Do you think making it to the playoffs is a win? I think I think reaching. No, I don't think making the playoffs is a win because they almost went. What did they go five hundred last year? We we should have known this. James was James was trash, but no, they went seven and nine, but they finished. Third. They were seven and seven, and then they lost two to end the season. Yeah. So, even with James throwing like a billion picks, he that that team's offense was never the question. And again, I just don't understand why the Bucks didn't make more moves on defense. They're like, I mean, they should. Everson Griffin's open now. They should sign him. I know they have Gerald McCoy, but still. Gerald McCoy, They yeah. need to up their defense in order to step up with their offense. Like, I just don't... I, I obviously I understand why Brady went to them, but I don't think they're immediate Super Bowl favorites well, at all. Honestly, I still think in the NFC South, the Saints are more likely to win than the Bucks. I think if the Bucks make the playoffs, and that's a big if, they have to make it via the wild card. But are we assuming Drew Brees still maintains this level of play? Dude, Drew, Drew Brees has maintained his level of play for the past five or six years. Don't you think he tailed off a bit last season? I think he, he did, but at the same time, you do have to take into account he was slightly injured. I still think like I would bet money on the Saints. People were saying Taysom Hill should have played in that game, the playoff game. Yeah, that's that's... Absolute nonsense. Taysom Hill's not a good quarterback. He cannot throw the ball. He genuinely he cannot. He was throw the, the ball. reason they sort of even rallied in that game, though. I, I I'm not saying he should be I, the. I'm not saying he should be the full time starter. I'm saying now there's more questions about Breeze than ever before. If I was the Saints, I mean, I'm sticking with Breeze. I, I, I think you still have a great running game with Kamara and Ingram, and. Mm-hmm. 
I, I think you need to rely on that a little bit more heavily, but like just change up your offensive scheme a little bit. But still, I think their defense is really still one of the best in the league. Their offense is still one of the best in the league. They have a great punter in Thomas Morstead. I just don't understand why people are like, I mean, yeah, Tom Brady went to the Bucks. Congratulations. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. But I don't think this makes them a contender even in their own division, let alone, you know, the NFC or even here's the whole what, NFL. Here's what the Bucks got from Jameis last year. He played the full season, 60% completion, 5,000-plus yards, which is pretty meaningless when he throws 30 picks, 33 pass touchdowns, 250 rush yards, kind of surprising. But he lost five fumbles. The thing with Brady is he doesn't turn the ball over. Jameis is responsible for 35 turnovers. Again, I'm not saying this is not an upgrade from Jameis Winston. I am just saying that I think that the Saints are better. That's all I'm saying. But I think the Bucks make the playoffs. I think I think I think they scare top teams if they're in the playoffs. I, I think it's just having Tom Brady who scares teams and he's a really good quarterback, so of course Dude, but Tom Brady with has two, to step up. With two like plus receivers. No, yeah, that the, their defense has to step up. And whoever they have at running back needs to step up more. Cause, you know, at certain points you're gonna have to establish some sort of a run game. Or the running backs, I think especially the one thing that New England is really good at has been and Josh McDaniels has been good at the last few years is creating or like using these pass catching running backs. Like Dude, like James White James and Rex Burkhead. They're, they're really good at pass catching and so I, that's I think the, that's the problem with Sonny Michelle. Like he wasn't that good of a pass catcher. Pass no, I agree, catching I agree. Down. But again, Sony Michelle is a pretty solid running back. So I think no, he is. Wh- whoever, whoever the, the the Bucks, the Bucks need some sort of solid running back and need to step up their defense. Then they could for sure make the wild card. I think it'll be difficult for them. That division's actually a pretty tough division. The Saints playing the Saints twice, playing the Falcons twice, and the Falcons who, you know, just signed uh, Todd Gurley is back in Georgia. Yeah. Congratulations for Todd Gurley. But you know that team last year put up a fight against the 49ers. Put up a fight against the Saints, to, you know. You're to, talking the Falcons, right? Yeah, the Falcons. Performed. I mean, they're only they're only two years removed from a Super Bowl appearance. Yeah, and so the Falcons they still have a lot of their talent there. They performed surprisingly well, considering their record. Like it was weird I mean, they, how they, they did started, really, ba- they really started bad and bad poorly. against bad teams, and really good against good teams. So I think they'll yeah. they'll put up a fight for sure in the division, and the Panthers. You know, they have a a, a pretty okay team, and you know. Mm. Christian McCaffrey on offense, no matter who your quarterback is, Man, is a I good thing for the offense. I am with Kyle Allen as my QB1. I don't know about that. Cam's not going to be there. No, but it's Teddy Bridgewater. No. Uh, is Bridgewater fully healthy? I know he played last year, but yeah, is he still, he, he's fully healthy? He he won, he won every single start against the Saints, like, or for the Saints when, when Drew Brees was injured. So, you know, of course... I would. I would I'm have, I have a lot of confidence and faith in Teddy Bridgewater, but I like Teddy. That injury was tough. It was, but he's definitely he's definitely bounced back, and I think he's he's set to have a good season. But okay, if the Panthers are the worst team in your division, you're in a pretty good division. <laughs> Personally speaking, that's what I think. But I mean, that used to be a really weird division. Remember the Panthers won it like I think seven and nine. That like, used to be a really weird division. Hell, years back, especially when like the the Saints and the Falcons were really good, and then the Panthers became good in like 2014. It was a I feel like it's not. Division. It's not an NFL season if the Saints and the Falcons don't play like a wild like 42, four, like 39 game on Sunday Night Football like or something like that. Yeah, crazy. But I mean, Bridgewater got three years, 63. Yeah, uh, you want to talk about Tom Brady's steal. contract? That's kind of, no, that's kind of a steal. <laughs> I know, but I mean, you you want to talk about Tom Brady's contract for a second? It was. An insane amount of money. Two years, fifty million guaranteed, right? Yeah, two year, fifty mil, nine million in performance based incentives. No trade clause, no tags. I mean, he is unquestionably the goat. I feel like I know, but that's that's a lot of guaranteed. <laughs> that's money. A, that's one of those legacy contracts. Yeah, I mean, but speaking this of is a Michael, quote, this is Michael Jordan to the Wizards. Speaking of oh, a quote-unquote really? legacy contract, Philip Rivers signing with the Colts for a similar amount of money, all guaranteed. What do I you think thoughts. about this? I have thoughts. I please, think, please. I think Brissett was wildly underrated last year. Agreed. Agreed. I think 
I think Rivers has always been good, borderline great. Never had that next level in the playoffs. And part of that was because of like team construction. And they were, they never had a good kicker. <laughs> like, I don't think a team has gotten shafted more on field goals than the Chargers. And I think that's my for team. some reason or another, their wide receivers are never healthy. And I have respect for Rivers, but. I don't disagree I don't, with you. Like, he has that, that gunslinger mentality that I don't. I don't know if that works if you're not Pat Mahomes. <laughs> like Tom Brady, what do you mean? Sorry, not Tom Brady. Phil Philip Rivers was a gunslinger before Patrick Mahomes was in high school. I'm saying now, man. Rivers is like well out of his prime. Okay, I, I still think right now, I, I think it's a good move for, for the Colts because, I mean, they still have Brissett on the team. So if Rivers doesn't perform as well, I think there's definitely a way that they can bring Brissett in. I think Brissett's comfortable with the offense, but, you know, Frank Reich, offensive coordinator for the Colts, or, sorry, head coach for the Colts, right, um, was Philip mm-hmm. Rivers' previous offensive coordinator, so they have some chemistry there, and Philip Rivers can come in and understand the, the play call system. I think one thing we, we have to keep in mind, and I think we'll talk about this when we're talking about Nick Foles of the Bears, is we're, we, we might not have training camp in, in, in the NFL. Like, there might not be a training camp. There there might even be reduced preseason schedule. So Workouts are going to be... Exactly, so we're going to have to assume that like whoever starts is going to be given a very limited amount of time to learn the offense. There's mm-hmm. So I think it's a perfect fit for the Colts in terms of bringing, like if you want to bring another quarterback in, then Phillip Rivers is the guy. He understands the system. He's a veteran QB. But I think the one thing Phillip Rivers lacked in San Diego and in LA was a consistent offensive line. Even when the Chargers were great and had LT back in the mid to late 2000s, one thing they lacked is a, is a pretty consistent offensive line. And you have mm-hmm. that in Indiana. The Colts have a really, really good offensive line, one of the best in the NFL. And honestly, you give any quarterback in the NFL time in the pocket, they'll, they'll do pretty good. But especially Phillip Rivers, like, he is a very accurate passer, and I think it's a pretty good sign for the Colts. Um, you know, there are obviously better QBs in the free agent market, but I think in this situation, it's a really good deal for the Colts. Just a bit concerned about how much money they gave Philip Rivers, but you know he, he's one of the he's unquestionably in my mind a bit biased, of course, but a Hall of Famer. So I think he deserves that for now. No, but no I, doubt, no doubt, he's a Hall of Famer. I think with all the passing yardage and touchdown records, and he's in like I I think the top fifteen or top ten in a lot of big big passing categories. I think yeah. he's going to end up in the Hall of Fame for sure. But I mean, I mean, the, the reason no, why I think it's a, it's a good sign for the Colts is. This brings them some sort of stability, and especially in the, in the division where they are right now. I think, you know, apart from the Titans, it's the Titans and Colts vying for for that spot in the AFC South, especially, you know, with, with Bill O'Brien, what, what a great genius he is, essentially sabotaging the Texans. We are an anti-Bill O'Brien podcast. <sighs> I think every podcast is an anti-Bill O'Brien <laughs> podcast, unless you're unless you're a Colts podcast. Um, unless you're a Cardinals fan, then you love. Bill oh O'Brien. no no no! I'm I'm telling you, Bill O'Brien is secretly being paid by everybody else in the AFC South. Like the Colts, the Jags, the Titans are just pitching money in, giving it to Bill O'Brien. No, no way, like a rational person can make that DeAndre Hopkins trade. I just don't understand what was. It's, and we'll get to it later, but. The return they got for that trade was not ideal either. Yeah. And then let's see what else. Obviously, we talked about Teddy Bridgewater signing with the Panthers. Nick Foles to the Bears. Again, I think that's, you know, with regards to limited training camp, Nick Foles fits right into that system. If they want to bench Mitchell Trubisky, Nick Foles can come right in. And we've seen Nick Foles come into systems before and lead teams to victory. So I think, you know, he did it in the Super Bowl run with the Eagles. He almost did it the next season again. Towards the end of the season, he played astoundingly well. I think for some reason, the 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 less amount of time you have to prepare, Nick Foles does better somehow. So I think that he's better under the, pressure because you you saw him with you saw him with Jacksonville and first yeah. game he plays, first touchdown he throws injured. But it was and a great touchdown. I pass. think. Yeah, no, fantastic. It was like a fade route, right side of the end zone, something like that. I, I am glad that we got to see Gardner Minshew play. You know, that's the one positive. <laughs> Minshew mania, baby. <laughs> but I, I think it's a pretty good thing for the Bears. I think Mitchell Trubisky is trash. I've always thought he wasn't a good quarterback. 
Um, I don't know how he got drafted that high. I don't know how he got drafted over Mahomes personally. But... I, have you seen all the graphics every time Mahomes is playing where it's like, oh, quarterbacks drafted ahead of Mahomes, and then every Bears fan just kind of Yeah, kinda man, I that. really... Yeah, so I think that's a good thing for the Bears. And then, you know, Breeze going back with the Saints. Then, you know, Mariota to the Raiders. As a Raiders fan, what do you think? I mean, okay, this is purely a quarterback competition move. Just puts put a little more pressure on Carr. Because people don't like giving Derek Carr credit for what he does. I mean, last season he was efficient. Completed, like, nearly 71% of his passes. Um, had... Tyrell Williams as his number one wide receiver. Hey, ended up he's using a great Darren receiver. Waller. Darren Waller really showed out last year for the Raiders. And I think he's a very critical piece moving forward. But him, Renfro, they, they need to get a receiver in the draft. They, Hunter Renfro's a, a great receiver too. He's a great receiver. Third and Renfro, that's what they called it. <laughs> Every time they needed a conversion, they just went to him. But uh, yeah, I think, I think, I think Carr the with a good... Carr with a good offensive line and time to throw in the pocket is a great quarterback. Yeah, I agree. He he is a pretty good, uh, great. I don't know, pretty good quarterback. Yeah, like enough to lead your team to a Super Bowl for sure. This, this is the same dude who three years ago finished, I think, top three in MVP voting. So yeah, no, I the, agree. The talent it's just consistency, is there. consistency is his issue. But yeah, I, I think it's yeah. it's a good sign for the Raiders. Didn't you know? I think Mariota also getting a change of scenery is good. That, yeah, exactly. Not that he's big. He's shown he can win. He's back on the West Coast, which is a, a good thing. So That Oregon team was nasty. Oh, man. That Oregon team was a really good team. Dude, do you um, remember those Oregon teams with, like, LaMichael James? I loved <laughs> like LaMichael James. Like, super old Oregon teams. I loved LaMichael James. I remember he was on the, he was on the 49ers for He was a on bit. the Niners, yeah. Yeah. I love Michael James. He was so good in college. Electric. So fast. Dak going back with the Cowboys, but a franchise tag franchise did tag. not sign him to a long-term deal. What is do Dak, you think about that? Is Dak overrated or underrated? It depends on, like, he's somehow both at the same time, and I don't understand how or why. He's, it's really weird, because I... He's, like, good, but I also think he's, not that I good. I think he's underrated in the sense that... When people talk about the Cowboys, like for all their shortcomings, Dak has consistently put up numbers. Yes. Okay. If Dak was on any other team, he would be underrated. But because he's on the Cowboys, he's overrated. That yeah, is it's purely the Dallas, it. it's the Dallas factor. It's the Dallas factor. Like, I don't really like Jer- Jerry Jones. Kind of has to pay him a lot of money, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure when that's going to happen. But I mean, I-, I think this year is also a test year. I'm I'm actually kind of glad for for the Cowboys. That they put him on franchise tag because you're bringing in a new head coach, right, with Mike McCarthy. Mm-hmm. So it would be good to see, you know, does does Dak do the same? Does he do better or does he do worse with Mike McCarthy? Because I think, you know, if you're Jerry Jones, I'd rather sell into Mike McCarthy than than Dak Prescott because there's a lot of good quarterbacks out there. So I'd, I'd rather, you know, sell all in with Ezekiel Elliott and Mike McCarthy. And, you know, if Dak is in what Mike McCarthy needs, replace Dak with somebody else versus the other way around, which going all in with, with Dak Prescott and, you know, if Mike McCarthy doesn't work well with him, bring in another coach, this is too many moving pieces. So I think it's actually a pretty good, pretty good deal for, you know, the Cowboys right now. If but, I were to tell you Dak had 4,900 yards, 30 touchdowns, 11 picks, 65% completion percentage, would you franchise tag that player or sign him long-term? No, I think in this situation, if you're bringing in a new head coach, franchise tag him for the year and see what happens. I would be okay with giving him a long-term deal, but because of the new head coach, I think it wasn't a bad move. I just don't think he's the problem with Dallas, and he no, hasn't been. I agree, but I think it doesn't hurt to franchise tag him. Mm-hmm. Right? That's fair. And I think, honestly, they behind the scenes must have promised him a long-term deal unless he literally, like pulls a, a Johnny Manziel or something and just, just terribly. It's like, just unfortunate because all the weapons on his team have gotten deals and he's the only one who's still without that. Like, I agree, but you know, hopefully this, this franchise tag will allow... I think the biggest thing is I think the Cowboys do not want to pull a Rams in, with, in what happened with, with Jared Goff, you know? Give mm-hmm. your quarterback an insane amount of money and then just be left with the remnants of what was. I like, still believe in Goff. I just think he had a bad year. Yeah, but 
The Rams tied down so much money with Goff, they can't sign any other weapons on offense or defense. And they avoided paying Gurley like 10.2 mil, just released him. Yeah, I mean, Gurley is a whole another thing we'll talk about in a bit, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But what, what, right, what do you think about the Browns signing I'm, Case I'm going to skip Browns signing Keenum because that's... Irrelevant? Irrelevant. In the sense that I think Baker plays well this year. I think the Browns don't underperform. I'm not going to say they're going to beat expectations or anything. I think they'll be a solid team. I hope Freddie Kitchens gets fired at some point and then they just go on a tear. Because I... There were so many Freddie Kitchens memes last year. Honestly, not the best coach, but... I'm going to leave I'm gonna leave that. <laughs> I'm going to leave Keenum to the Browns. Alone. Okay, well, Broncos releasing Flacco. Are, are you all in and, and, you know, on Drew Locke in, in Denver? I haven't seen enough of Locke. I, I think Flacco is going to end up signing with the contender as like a backup piece, like a contingency plan in case the star gets hurt. I think he would have been a perfect backup for Carolina last year because they were in contention. And then I think they lost like six straight. Yeah. But I think Flacco's an average quarterback right now in his stage. There were always the, is Joe Flacco elite? There were always those supporters after he won that Super Bowl. But other than that playoff run, he hasn't shown me much. Definitely. I honestly, I like Drew Locke a lot. First time I really saw him was was during the Texas Bowl a few years ago when Missouri played Texas when he was a senior in college. Mm. But everyone looks, good. Few... everyone looks good playing Texas. They lost the game, okay. <laughs> but I thought he had some potential, and you know they played pretty good against the Chargers. Um, and Drew Locke you know, did a pretty good job in the last few games for the Broncos. So I think this is going to be like a, like a Daniel Jones-type season. Like, he shows flashes. Like, you know he's your quarterback of the future, but there's going to be a lot of roadblocks yeah, for sure. Definitely. But, you know, Titans re-signing Tannehill going all in, giving Dude, him this a is, lot of money too. This is the feel-good story of the offseason. This man was behind Mariota. Had a, he had good numbers in Miami. He just always got hurt. You felt bad for him. And then goes on this absolutely ridiculous 13-game tear. Destroys Baltimore with throwing like seventy passing yards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the Titans are for sure the the team to beat in the AFC South. You know that Colts team is still TBD, but I think they have potential. But you know, I, I'm glad, I'm happy for Ryan Tannehill. You know, genuinely mm-hmm. am. He's, he seems like a great guy, like a great quarterback. He's been here forever. It seems like because he's been through a lot, and you know. I'm excited to see what the Titans are going to do. Still have Derrick Henry on the team. Defense is Titans, just look, looking Titans pretty underrated sharp. pickup. They signed Vic Beasley. Yeah, you know, another good good pickup for the Titans. Really good linebacker. You know, obviously head coach Mike Vrabel knows the linebacker position very well. So I'm sure whatever Vic Beasley was before, Mike Vrabel can turn him into, you know, an extremely efficient linebacker and... I think overall, Titans are in a position to potentially pull together another run next year, you know? They didn't lose a lot of pieces. Do you think Derrick Henry holds out? To be determined, I think I I genuinely don't know. We'll see. Because he has not gotten paid. He he hasn't gotten paid, but I don't think... I think after the Todd Gurley situation, the Melvin Gordon situation, I think it would be foolish of Derrick Henry to hold out. Like, We'll talk about this in a bit, but Melvin Gordon... You know, last year was getting offered a lot of money and didn't sign anywhere. And he, he's not even getting close to the money he was offered last year when he signed with the Broncos now. So mm-hmm. I think it'd be foolish of him to to sign. I think teams don't want to, especially given the the Todd Gurley thing is on our mind right now. Got released. It's too risky for running backs. So Man, for all running backs do in the trenches, they really they get shafted in payment. No, I, I 100% agree. I... I love running backs. One of my favorite positions. I wish they got paid. I genuinely do. But, you know, teams just don't want to pay them. There is a lot of risk. But I think there's a lot of upside as well. But I think if you look at running backs, there's not a lot of consistency. 
regardless. I think it's like it's like the center position of football. Yeah, like, I mean, comparing basketball to football because everyone wants to pay the guards, the small forwards, the flashy wings, but when it comes to centers, it's like, all right, we'll sign you a two-year deal. Exactly, and but looking at the, you know, the running backs in the past, Todd Gurley was great for a few years, and now you know his, his knees are gone. We'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, and then you know, I mean, that's been recurring even since college. Yeah, I think the last consistent running back, honestly, is like is, is LT. Frank Gore is pretty consistent. What? Frank Gore? Frank Gore is consistently like, I, I'm talking about consistently good for like a long time. Frank Gore is a Hall of Famer. I'm not saying he's not a Hall of Famer. I just don't think there was ever a point in his career where in a single year he was a top five back in the league. He's a five-time pro bowler. For LT's career, there was like six or seven years where he was unarguably the best running back in the league. Oh no! Okay, LT is a different beast, but Frank okay, Gore. Two, Frank, okay, Gore Frank Gore was the Frank last Gore, great consistent running back. Okay, like look at Le'Veon Bell. Definitely has has consistent consistency issues. Adrian Peterson consistency issues. LaShawn McCoy consistency issues. Like, most great AP, running backs have consistency issues. So, like from a front office perspective, I understand why you don't want to pay them. But from a fan perspective, I love running backs. I wish they got paid. I don't want to include AP in that just because when he was younger and this is this is a what i think 2010 minnesota or something he was being talked about for like best running back all time assuming he kept that pace yeah i agree but still i don't think he had consistency issues i just think he aged (laughs) yeah you know what i take back that statement but you know ap's still pretty good on the redskins so yeah i mean the redskins suck so Anyone who's competent looks hey, good. Yeah. But and finally, Cam on the trading block. <laughs> we we all saw. Have you his... seen his? Have you seen his Instagram? Yeah, uh, that weird font. But apparently, he, like, talks in hieroglyphics or something. He, did, he didn't want to be on the trading block, but he is now. TBD. We'll see what happens. You know, I mean, Panthers fans seem upset. Like, no, I love I, everyone is saying you're trading away our best player in franchise history. Yeah, and. No, no team is taken for him yet. You know, we'll see what Matt Rule does with that team. But you know, a lot of people were saying, you know, we might go to the Bears. That didn't pull through. People are saying potentially could go to the Chargers. The Chargers made a very, you know, public statement saying we are sticking with uh, Tyrod Taylor. You think you think New England makes a move on him? Potentially, I think if there's anyone that can turn him around, either him or Jameis Winston. Could it be Bill Belichick and, and you Belichick. Know, Belichick would break his head trying to deal with Cam. Cam is a lot smarter than people give him credit for. Oh, I'm not saying he's not smart. I just think. I think I Belichick think would so love the opportunity to work Brady with a quarterback is. like Cam Newton, who has legs that work. Is all I'm saying. But but do Cam's legs work? He hasn't run a lot. But like he can run. And there's a difference between that. Those two things. Oh, he he can run, and he used to run a lot. But... Tom Brady can't run, so like you know that the option isn't even there. <laughs> but I I kind of hope he goes to the Chargers because as a Chargers fan, I don't know what we're doing because we're probably gonna draft Herbert in the draft, which is I think a terrible mistake. Man, we saw Herbert play live. Yeah, M- me and you went to the the Red Box Bowl in in 2018. We saw... No, it was 19. Oh, yeah. It was after New Year's. It was 2019. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw, what, we saw Oregon versus Michigan State. Michigan, and we saw Herbert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the score was like a 9-6 to six game. There was, was not a single the, offensive touchdown or defense. Not a single touchdown scored. It was a terrible game. I was and, thoroughly unimpressed with Herbert when I saw him live. He, he, he has so many consistency issues. Just don't think he's the right type of player. And for some reason, the Chargers are like going to him. The the way people talk about him remind me of like Paxton Lynch when he was being drafted and he turned out to be a bust. Well so, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Knowing the Chargers luck, we'll probably draft him, he'll probably suck, but it is what it is. Oh, but yeah. Man. Then let's go to, to the defenders. Uh for, for free agents. Uh Chris Harris and the Chargers. Finally a good move for, for the Chargers, you know? Good job. Dude, the the no fly zone is gone. I know <laughs> from the Broncos. But I think the Chargers have a very good defense now. 
You have Desmond King, Derwin James, Casey Hayward, Chris Harris, Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram. Like, that is stacking up to be an extremely effective defense. So, good job to the Chargers. They have something going for them. Even though everyone's going to get injured anyway. You look at all the Broncos have lost in the last, like, three, four years. They lost Harris, Tlaib, Ward, Bradley Roby, Darian Stewart. At least they have Von Miller. He's like the only dude left from that Super Bowl run. And he's still, still very effective. So he's elite. He's yeah. a future Hall of Famer. And then you know Darius Slade to the Eagles. I think a good pickup by the Eagles. Um, a whole thing with Slay and Matt Patricia, as we've been seeing unfold. <laughs> he said he couldn't work out with Talib because he wasn't elite. Which I think is hilarious because I don't think Talib <laughs> has been elite for the past few years. But you know, whatever. Um, Everson Griffin announced essentially today that he's not going to pursue a deal with the Vikings because the Vikings are quote unquote paying everyone else, but not Everson Griffin. What do Ten you think? Seasons, man. Yeah, I think Everson Griffin is is a great fit in in a couple of places. Maybe the Raiders. Maybe the Raiders. I thought he would be a good fit on the Cowboys, but I don't think they're signing him. You know, Everson Griffin and Demarcus Lords. That'll be a pretty good pass rush. I think the Jaguars already have a good defense. You add Everson Griffin to that, that would be dangerous. People are saying Yannick Ngakwe could potentially be traded, so we'll see about that. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Then let's go to the running backs. You know, we already talked about Gurley signing with the Falcons. Freeman being released. We'll see who picks him up. Melvin Gordon to the Broncos. What do you think about those two moves, Gurley and, and Melvin Gordon? I think Gurley's. this is Gurley's... If not his last act, this is kind of like a prove-it year. Just because last season was sort of disappointing. He's had the knee issues, obviously out of his control. But he needs like an all-pro type year to kind of solidify the fact that, yes, I am a top five back in the league. Yeah, definitely. I'm disappointed the Buccaneers didn't pick him up. They have the cap space. but Ronald Jones is still running for him, right? Yeah. but And Melvin Gordon of the Broncos, you know... Division rival with the Chargers. We'll see how that goes. But I think Melvin Gordon's a pretty reliable, consistent running back. Still pretty good at catching passes out of the backfield. So good for the Broncos. You know, I think it's a good weapon for for Drew Locke to have. So so I heard, and I'm not a Charger fan, so I, I can't speak much to it, but people said he wasn't, like, great in the locker room. But if there's anything you heard about that. Oh, yeah, or, yeah. You know, um they all text me all the time, so I know all about the locker Shut room. Shut up. I don't know about the locker room. I'm sorry. I, how no, am I no, supposed no. to from know what the reading, locker like? From reading anything, because I don't, I don't recreationally read Chargers stuff. Oh. I honestly the think the Chargers goals. had like a very good locker room atmosphere, so I'm not sure what it was like, but he seems to have a lot of fun. Like They, they, shot, they, sh- they shoot a lot of videos, and he seems to get along with everybody, so maybe this is for the camera. I don't know, but... Haven't heard too much about that. Um, maybe I'm just ignoring the negatives because... I guess I'm just thinking about the whole like holdout situation. Where... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think honestly, a lot of his teammates still kind of supported him through that because they wanted him to get paid. Mm-hmm. But I think in general, like... Yeah, I, I... it was just an unfortunate situation with the holdout, but yeah. Um, yeah, so All now right. let's go, let's go into wide to receivers. The, let's get to the news... I think what's like the the news of the week. I think everyone knew Brady was going somewhere, but I would DeAndre classify this Hopkins, as one of the stupidest trades of all time. What do you think? DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals for David Johnson. Now, I think I told you this earlier, but if this was Hopkins being drafted and David Johnson in the midst of his prime, that's a valid trade to make. But Bill O'Brien with Hopkins squarely in his prime and David Johnson coming off injuries, off of some subpar seasons. Not the same elite back he used to be. Decides, okay, I will be an assistant to the Cardinals GM, and I will make this trade. <laughs> I I don't understand what was going through his mind because the next trade we're talking about digs to the Bills. They got so much more for digs, like the 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 Vikings did. The Vikings, then, yeah. Like who did Houston get? They got David Johnson plus a second round pick. <laughs> it's it's. Arguably a top three, like no, for sure a top three. Arguably, no, definitely, definitely the best. one of the 
wide Let's receiver. Let's say top ten, just because I don't know all of the the dumb trades in NFL history. No, Let's I'm talking about how good of a wide receiver um, Hopkins is, like, and the chemistry Hopkins had with Watson, like, incredible. So, I don't know what Bill O'Brien was doing. I, I fail to understand, like, what, like. I think Watson can make anyone a weapon, but still, why would you trade away for David Johnson of all people? Wait, the Texans have a lot of running backs. Yeah, that's another point. They don't need <laughs> running backs. Ah, uh, man. Hold up. Do they still? Oh my god. The, their next best wide receiver. I, who's their next best wide receiver? I really forget. But is it? Is it? Um. It's that one dude who's always oh Fuller, dude. Will yeah, Fuller, Will Fuller, sure. the fourth or the fifth, and he's always he's always injured, injured yeah. or questionable to play. Really, I, I feel terrible for Texans fans. I have a lot of friends that are Texans fans, always getting screwed over, and in this situation, <laughs> does this make over. does this make Kenny Stills the one? I think it does make Kenny Stills the one. Is he wide receiver one? Oh my god! See, Kenny Stills was like a laughable wide receiver one. On the Dolphins. And now he comes to the Texans, who had DeAndre Hawkins. It's just, I don't understand it at all. To be to be fair, Stills had a good year last year. Stills had, dude, you're going from DeAndre Hopkins to Kenny Stills. It's like, <laughs> and, and it's like, if you got some really good player, I will be okay with that. But you didn't. You got a washed up running back whose knees are basically dead. And <laughs> a second round pick. Who are you going to draft in the second round that's going to make up for DeAndre Hopkins? I understand the wide receiver class is deep, but still. But so honestly, dude, good job for the Texans Cardinals getting receiver. DeAndre Hopkins. Like, great target for Kyler Murray to throw to. If you can see <laughs> no. over the offensive line, he might be able to throw it to DeAndre Hopkins. I think this makes the Cardinals a top 10 offense. I think you're crazy, but okay. You don't think so? I think Larry Fitzgerald is much of. Much better a wide receiver, that like he complements Kyler Murray a lot more than than DeAndre Hopkins does. So I think there are other wide receivers that you know the Cardinals could have gotten. I think just because they have Fitzgerald and 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 Hopkins doesn't mean they're a top ten. You got Kenyon Drake as your running back, Hopkins, Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, who's very underrated. I think that's a pretty good primary offensive core. Yeah, right. so, I, sure. Okay, the Cardinals are a potentially top ten offense. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I, we'll see if Kyler Murray can, you know, perform. But I think Murray is Russell Wilson two He's short. He's mobile. Kyler Murray is scary good. I mean, I've I've watched him for, for for one year when you know he was at Oklahoma, and man. We we won the the game against Oklahoma when he was quarterback, but he kept Oklahoma in the game the entire time. He is scary, scary good, and I'm I'm really happy the Cardinals drafted him because I thought that was a good pickup. I just hope that he he's able to live up to his potential. But I think he has a super high ceiling. And I love the two sport athletes because he got drafted by the A's, and I remember Patrick Mahomes played baseball at Texas A and M, and he. I think he was drafted too. Patrick Mahomes did not play baseball at Texas A&M. Yeah, he did. Texas Tech. Texas Tech, not A&M. You know who else is a two-sport athlete? Who? Tom Brady. Maybe two-sport athletes just win Super Bowls, you know? Is this second sport like... Baseball. No, Tom Brady got drafted. In, in the MLB in like the 12th round or something. God, that's... I don't even remember that. Yeah, dude. Tom Brady's a two-sport athlete, but yeah, um, I think it's a good trade for a great trade for the for the Cardinals. Don't know how they pulled that off. Stupid trade for for the Texans. Bill O'Brien showing his uh, skill, and then uh, Stefan Diggs to the Bills. Uh, Bills Mafia must be super happy. Great, great target for, for Josh Bulls. Allen. Yeah, gave up a good amount to get him, but I think it's worth it. I think I think Diggs is he's one of the more Upper class wide receivers right now. Sure, yeah. I think Definitely. him and Thielen on the same team was problematic just because both of them feel like number one wide receivers. 
some yeah i felt i felt bad for kirk cousins but you know (laughs) did you see that thing he did where like he had like a sit down and he was like all right i'm sorry we're gonna figure this out like the the vikings locker room situation was hilarious last year yeah i'm pretty happy kirk cousins turned around yeah good for him good for the bills kind of sucks for i mean kind of sucks for the vikings but also we'll see what happens next but I don't think Viking fans are, like, breaking their heads over this. No, they don't. Uh, It's kind of like a both sides. It's a win-all. I think Everson Griffin not coming back might be a big deal for their defense, but we'll see. I think that, yeah. But, I mean, we have to go on to the tight ends now. And, and, you know, Jimmy Graham to the Bears, Eric Ebron to the Steelers. I think Eric Ebron is a brilliant move. I think Ben has... The Steelers, yeah. Another weapon. As, As if he, you know... As if he needs more, but I've never, I've never put Ben Roethlisberger in like those, like the top three, top four quarterbacks in the league at any point. But the guy has a, a knack for turning like, like random people into top wide receivers. Remember when Mike Wallace had those like, I mean, he had like Wallace. two years where he was just like insane. Yes, those, those, those were the days, man. Those were the days. I loved days. Mike Wallace. He was really good. Or maybe he wasn't good, and maybe just Big Ben made him good. But Dude, Big Ben just... <laughs> makes people good. I, I don't know what else to say. Jimmy Graham to the Bears. We'll see how this works out. You know, Jimmy Graham has is... not been the same since he left the Saints. Mm-hmm. But we'll see if Matt Nagy is able to turn him around when we can Pete see. Carroll we and can Mike see McCarthy if... weren't able to. But, you know. If Mitch Trubisky can throw to Jimmy Graham... Bro, is Mitch Trubisky's not going to be the starting quarterback. It's going to be Nick Foles. You think so? And if there's one person who I know loves a good tight end, other than Phillip Rivers and Tom Brady, it's Nick Foles. Do you do you think Foles is starting? Yeah. Why? Because I love Nick Foles, and I think he's that, a much better quarterback than Mitchell Trubisky. You, we all may love Nick Foles, but is Matt Nagy gonna bench Mitch Trubisky? Yes. Okay. I think he's gonna bench Mitch Trubisky regardless. But now that he has his guy, he has Nick Foles, a guy he's worked with, like for sure. I think he's gonna bring him in, and I think Nick Foles, you know, relied heavily on Zach Ertz in that Super Bowl run uh, for the Eagles. So I think having another weapon at tight end for him is gonna be a great thing. I think Foles is just going to push Trubisky in training camp, assuming there is training camp. But I, I, I think Trubisky. Not going st- to be, I think so. Trubisky starts the season, and if he has a couple bad weeks in a row, they move to Foles. But I, I don't see them just starting the season with Foles. We'll see how it goes. But I mean, so considering all this new free agent news, what what do you think the NFL is going to look like next season? You know. Who do you think are the favorites? Do you think anything's changed a lot? I mean, Kansas City still has to be the favorite, right? Oh, 100%. I, you know, no, any team with Patrick Mahomes is automatically the favorite. So I think year three of Lamar makes them a favorite. For again. sure. The Ravens, Ravens, and, surprisingly, the Ravens and, and the, the, uh, the Chiefs didn't make any big moves this summer. Well, when you go 14-2 and two in the regular season as the Ravens, that was I think that loss to Tennessee was a fluky loss. If they played anybody else, they would have smacked them. I think Tennessee style was so funky, and they weren't ready for Derrick Henry just barreling it down their throats the entire game. But, see, you say that, and I'm reminded of the loss that the Ravens had last year against the Chargers, where the Chargers played that weird like seven DB defense against the, you know, the Ravens and managed to pull through a win. You know, John Harbaugh is a good coach, but is the trick to beating the Ravens when it really matters, just throw something funky and just hope it works. Cause it I mean, seems that's like that's the, the answer. That's the thing. Like the hoping it works. It's just the Ravens were so tough on all fronts that it just, they, it took something so out of their element to rattle them. I think I think again, as I said earlier, don't think the Bucks are necessarily an automatic favorite in the NFC, let alone the NFC South. I still think I'd favor the Saints to come out of the NFC South and make a deep run in the playoffs. I think it's Saints one Bucks two in that division. For sure. And I then, think Seattle's always slept on. DK Metcalf is gonna emerge even more next year. Of course. But the 49ers 
didn't give up a whole lot of people, made a couple of pretty big signs on defense. Dude, they, did they trade Buckner or release him? I think they released him. I forget. But That's a very underrated loss. It is, but I still think their defense is good enough. I just think uh, <laughs> Gucci Garop needs to, uh, you know, perform better. I think Kyle Shanahan needs to get over his Super Bowl anxiety. And uh, we'll see. <laughs> There like there are so many memes saying like Shanahan should coach the first three quarters of every Super Bowl. Hundred percent, and just like leave, just go to the bathroom the entire time, and it should be okay. We'll see how the I think the Forty Nine ers still one of the favorites to come out of the NFC. Green Bay with Matt Lafleur one more year. They're not to be underestimated. We'll see if Dallas pulls through. I think Dallas is actually the favorite in their division. And the NFC is tough. The NFC is tough. The AFC is tough, too. Yeah. You think the Texans have remotely as much success as they did this year? No, I think I think it's it, it's a it's a two-horse race between the Titans and the Colts in, in the AFC South. I don't think the Texans giving up DeAndre Hopkins can overcome that on offense. I mean, I think the Texans granted, this year are going to be like what Seattle was They do last have Deshaun year. Watson, but still, like, you, you need some weapons, so... That's the thing. I feel like they're going to be what Seattle was this year. Like, Seattle just won a bunch of close games. Like, they never really dominated anybody. But they just had a knack for, like, pulling off that last-minute win, whether it was Wilson or, like, Metcalf. Like, someone was always the hero. And then That's true. I, feel like, I feel like Watson's now in that, like, upper echelon of quarterbacks. No, for sure. But, yeah, um, uh, after this, you know, not NFL free agency. There's not a lot of non-NFL news right now in the sports world, but some uh, NBA, some NBA stuff going on. I think some Adam NBA Silver stuff. was Adam Silver was talking about like having a charity game similar to like the All Star game, just so people could get their basketball fix. We'll see how it is. I think the big issue about that is a lot of NBA plus players are test, tested positive. You know, yeah, for 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 COVID nineteen for coronavirus. So. There's we'll a whole other happens. issue of like all these athletes getting testing before, before like the normal people, normal yeah. citizens here. But and then you have a story you wanted to talk about, right? Dude, so the big three is planning like a reality TV style tournament, like quarantine conditions. Basically, they're gonna have players who test negative for COVID nineteen would come to a quarantined house with a basketball court, and then they'd have like a March Madness style tournament. That would be absolutely hilarious it'd be like big brother x big three and like i would like definitely watch that all the time there would be no fans you would hear all the trash talk i mean this is what they were talking about with like the nba where like you'd have no fans coming to stadiums but this would be way more intimate than that and the big three is like like i actually enjoy watching the big three it's kind of jank but like those old players are actually pretty, still pretty good, dude. They're dude, still when you good. see when you see like Big Baby Davis, Rashard Lewis, like oh, Kwame Brown, Glenn Davis. Oh my god, <laughs> oh I loved Glenn Lord. Davis back in the day. Ah, uh. dude, I swear, like they have like all these legends coaching. I think they have like Dr. J. They had Iverson one year. I mean, Stephen Jackson's playing. I think I that that'd be great for entertainment purposes. You know, I'd be yeah. very happy to watch. I think people would take any sports right now. Yeah, I agree. I've been watching marble racing on YouTube. Pretty, <laughs> Man, you, curling pretty highlights though, dude. What? Curling highlights. Curling ha- curling's an underrated sport. Bobsledding too. Dude, Jamaican bobsled team. <laughs> we are the bobsled team. <laughs> uh, cool Runnings is one of the greatest movies of all time. Oh my god. Undoubtedly. We watched that like seventh grade. Yeah, in his Foster's class. What, 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 a, what a great movie. But yeah, what so time, man. does the NBA ch- calendar change for good? What do you think? Okay, here's my thought. So right now, after all of this COVID delay, I think the league is talking about starting the playoffs in like July. It could be pushed to August. They would, I mean, now with all the players testing positive, I don't know how much that delay is going to be. But they're going to have to... I think the, the playoffs would run until, like, September or something. You have my question the, about that is, if the NBA is okay enough to play, then I'm sure, at the same time, the Olympics would also be okay enough to go with. 
The Olympics are going to happen in the summer, assuming they still happen around the same time, July or August. What is the so NBA going to do? That's the thing with all these cases coming up now. Like this is this is an early plan for starting, but I don't think it's going to be that way. Just because of how many players are being tested, how many, how many like other people they've come in contact with. I I feel like this is just the beginning of a lot of people being tested positive. I think the. Uh, I think the Olympics are going to be coronavirus team is, is is looking pretty good right now. Dude. <laughs> KD, Marcus Smart, Rudy Gobert, Gobert. Donovan Mitchell. Dude, give me that team in like six against any of the teams in the NBA right now. I agree. It's a good team. (laughs) Yeah, I I think the one thing that kind of sucks is we don't know what's going to happen a few days from now, let alone a month or two from now. So I think we just sit tight. Yeah, at this point, there's just so much uncertainty. Yeah. Okay, cool. So now we gotta we gotta rank that segment. Where we just we just take anything, any category, any group, and we just rank them. And today, because of all the football news, we're doing top ten NFL QBs right now in honor of Tom Brady. Um, so you you want to start with eleven and go and go go up to one? I think that's a good idea. All right. Well, we can go. We can either do. I do mine, you do yours. We just go each number, or we can just say the full list. Whichever yeah, let's let's do the full list. So why don't you go first? Do your full list. All right, my eleventh is split between Tannehill and Matt Ryan. Okay, Matt Ryan has been disappointing, but I still think that in the right, like with a good offensive line, with Dan Quinn not doing everything in the world to like sabotage that team, he is an elite quarterback. He has Julio Jones. I feel like he's still an upper-tier quarterback. And Tannehill had the feel-good story of last season. And I'm going to reward him by putting him at 11. 10, I have Kirk Cousins. Played well last year. Kind of like shed that reputation of like not delivering in big games. Managed the Thielen-Diggs situation pretty well. And showed... He showed like good leadership skills. I'm I'm happy for Minnesota. They have a good quarterback. Uh, Matthew Stafford at nine might be kind of surprising, but Stafford's never been a problem with Detroit. When he's been hurt, he's played well. When he's healthy, he's played well. He just he doesn't have that X factor weapon like when Megatron was still playing. So the Lions have improved everything except the offense around him. And I think they're kind of like a, a sneaky wild card pick for next season. I have Brady at eight. No, disre- no disrespect. He's a GOAT. I just think right now he's athletically diminished. But we'll see how he does with Godwin and Mike Evans and that Tampa Bay offense. Wentz I put at seven. Had a good year last year, bounce back year. Got hurt again in the playoffs, which is really unfortunate. But I think he needs to silence some doubters because that Super Bowl year, everyone remembers Nick Foles. No one talks about Carson Wentz having an MVP year. Deshaun Watson at six. Last year, he was a monster. I'll never forget that play against Oakland. Oakland had all the momentum leading up to that game. And in that game, they were winning fourth quarter. Like a critical wild card positioning game. He gets like poked in the eye, throws a dart, touchdown, Raiders lose. Rodgers, I have at five. I think in terms of my all-time rankings, he's the most talented quarterback to ever play. And I think Pat Mahomes is going to slowly change that. But I haven't seen anybody make the throws that Rodgers has with as much consistency as he does. Four, I have Drew Brees just because he's so consistent year after year. That high touchdown to interception ratio. Great job utilizing all his weapons. Every, it seems like every game I watch him on national TV, he's like, Drew Brees has thrown to like eight different receivers this game. I'm like, damn, the Saints have eight receivers. And then three, I put Russell Wilson. No one saves his team more than Russell Wilson. Like, NBA has, like, a war. They have win shares. They have all these stats for, like, a player's individual contribution to game winning. And I think Wilson would, like, lead the league for the NFL. 
to Lamar, I think he needs some more time. He showed everything last season, and then the Titans threw one thing at him that kind of completely changed how he played. And he still threw for like 300 plus yards, two touchdowns, but he threw two picks, or maybe three, pretty costly. And I need to see him like go deep in the playoffs before I can supplant the number one, who is Pat Mahomes, who's having a hell of an offseason, by the way, just doing whatever the hell he wants, just absolutely living it up. And I think if Pat Mahomes maintains this level of play for the next five to six years, he is the greatest quarterback of all time. If he wins like three or four rings by the end of his career, I've not seen someone play the way like he plays. But yeah, that's my list. Go for it. Yeah, so at number 11, I have Matthew Stafford. Kind of agree with, with what, what you said. He's been super consistent. Just injuries is why I put him at 11. Otherwise, I really like Matt Stafford. I've put him a lot higher, honestly. Just not sure if he can come keep coming back from all these injuries. Um, Sam goes with number 10, Carson Wentz. You know, he had the MVP caliber season a few years ago, got injured, keeps on getting injured. I honestly don't think it matters what pieces he has around him. Uh, around him. I think it did make a pretty big deal last year, the fact that every Eagles receiver basically could not catch the ball. So much so that like people in Philadelphia were joking all the time about just Eagles players unable to catch the ball. That really put a toll on Carson Wentz, but he still had a really good year, so... Hopefully he can recover, do well. Number nine, I have Kirk Cousins. I think he's become a lot more clutch. Been able to to really put a put together a couple of good games towards the end of last season. And overall, through the season with the Vikings, I think next year is pretty promising for Vikings fans and for Kirk Cousins fans. I think he's overall a pretty solid quarterback. Number eight, I have Philip Rivers. Uh, this might be my Chargers bias coming through, but I still think he had an off year, obviously, but I still think he has a lot of talent, a lot of potential. I think he's going to do very well with the Colts. And I think as, as long as he's a good offensive line, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Number seven, Tom Brady. Again, he's pretty old. That's the only reason I'm putting him at seven. His mind is sharp, though. I think he can do a good job as long as he doesn't keep on trucking the ball downfield, and yeah, you know, I think he has a lot of potential still. He still has a few years left in him. Number six, Deshaun Watson. He is my second favorite quarterback to watch other than Patrick Mahomes in the NFL. I absolutely love watching him. That thing he did when he was poked in the eye against the Raiders, insane. He said he couldn't even see out of that, that eye, but he still managed to throw the touchdown. One of the most electric players. I love watching him. I just wish he had some more consistency. I don't think Bill O'Brien will help uh, will help Deshaun Watson. He's honestly only been hurting him, but we'll see how it goes. Number five, Aaron Rodgers, the most talented quarterback in NFL history. As you said, caveat, we'll see what Patrick Mahomes does, but hopefully, you know, he comes back to his usual self, does better than he did this year, this past year. In terms of, yeah, we, we have high standards on Aaron Rodgers. He had a pretty good year compared to most of the quarterbacks. But, like, you know, I want to see that MVP level Aaron Rodgers again, which I absolutely love. Um, number four, Russell Wilson. You're always scared if you're rooting for the, like, the, the team the Seahawks are going against because you know Russell Wilson can somehow bring them back. And I think that character alone just, you know, makes him one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Number three, Lamar Jackson. We'll see what happens next season, but if he, if he's able to put together a few consistent seasons, I think he can genuinely be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. We'll see what happens, you know, as defenses start to get more tape on him, understand his tendencies and the Ravens' tendencies more. I think, you know, they'll be better at guarding him. So we'll see how he responds to that next season. Number two, Drew Brees. Um, some might say it's a little high. I know he's super old. He's gonna be, you know, be playing for his 20th season now, but I still think he's the most consistent quarterback in the NFL, you know, for all time. Incredibly accurate. And, you know, whenever I see the Saints, I'm always amazed at how good of a quarterback he is. And they still have Mike Thomas, so, you know, they have one weapon enough that, like, he can do some serious damage and continually put whatever team or continually put the Saints in, in contention against whatever team they're playing. 
And number one, Patrick Mahomes, obviously the best quarterback in the NFL right now. No doubt about that. Just excited to see where he goes next year. Sort of knock on wood. Um, I, I knocked on wood. Uh, I don't know if people <laughs> heard that. But yeah, it's knock on wood. He stays healthy. Um, but really, really hope that he continues to put this up. Just hope he loses against the Chargers. And, you know, that's it. Even when your team's losing, just watching Mahomes play is oh, so dude, fun. Listen, as, as a Chargers fan, I'm just so scared whenever we play the Chiefs because I know that he can just, like, with a flick of the wrist, just throw the ball down, like, 70 yards and Tyree Kill will catch it. There's nothing we can do. Dude, like, he, he scored 28 unanswered points in a quarter against the Raiders. Two years ago, we somehow, the Chargers somehow beat the Chiefs in, like, week 17 on Thursday Night Football. And, like, I genuinely don't know how that happened because he's just such a good player. But, yeah. Yeah. All right. We have some – do we have extra time? Going on for, like, an hour now. Yeah. I mean, right, we'll, we'll skip the extra time for now. But We have a segment called Extra Time where if we have extra time, we'll talk about stuff. But we kind of talked about <laughs> so, a lot today. Honestly, there's not a lot going on in sports. so It's a very dull time in the sports universe. <sighs> so – yeah. So thank you guys for, for listening. Uh, we are still bored at home. But, and yeah, I don't know. If there's, there's anything you want to hear, any, any sports stuff, any rankings you want, let us know. We'll try and get to it. We'll, we'll rank everything, I'm sure, as the episodes progress and there's less and less sports. We're going to start ranking non-sports things. Cause... Bro, we're going to have like rankings for like celebrity pets. We're going to have... Like, like whose NBA player's dog is the cutest? Like, we're just gonna have a bunch of crazy stuff going on. I would rather rank celebrity pets than top ten MLB infielders. Just saying. Mm. Ah, just saying. Don't forget top ten MLB mascots. I think that's what we're See, missing. The fanatic is number one without a doubt. But ah, but yeah. I mean, we'll see how this progresses. Again, we're we're just bored. And we're just doing this to to cure our boredom. It is pretty fun. Uh, so. Yeah. Let I mean, us know you what, what you think. Thank you for listening. For anybody, for the five people that listened, we, we appreciate it. And yeah. If you, if you want to be on it, let us know. Yeah, we can for sure no. put you on it. No doubt, no doubt. Um, yeah. So, All right, peace. Have stay a good rest safe. of your day. Yeah. Wash your hands. Well, wash your hands. That's how we end all of these. <laughs> wash your hands. Just wash your damn hands. Oh.